this podcast from Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Amen. If you'd like to... uh... Take your seats again, please. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline and Bands. Well, once again, good morning. It's great to see you. Thank you for being with us, particularly if you're visiting us this morning. Uh, maybe uh, you're friends or family of uh, Alex and Vicky, or maybe you're just uh, you're just here this morning with somebody else, or you've just saw the poster outside and came in. Whatever reason, uh, it's great to have you with us. I hope as you came in, you got given one of these small uh, leaflets that says, Welcome to Jubilee Church. It tells you a little bit more about what's going on in the life of Jubilee. And inside, I feel like a magician doing that. Could be on Britain's Got Talent, couldn't I? You know? Maybe. <laughs> Some ways to go. Anyway, inside, you hadn't expected to see that. Inside, thank you Tim, inside is a card that says, Let's keep in touch. We'd love to stay in touch with you if you'd like that. If you'd like to uh, stay in touch with news and information from the church, find out what's going on, fill out that card, give it back to me or a member of our welcome team or there's a box in the foyer just outside the doors there and uh, we can uh, let you know what's going on. So a couple of things to mention to you as well. Firstly, uh, a day for your diary I mentioned the other week was Sunday the 10th of July. And after church on the 10th of July, uh, we're going to be at the Oakwood Gala, which unsurprisingly, thank you Steve, it's spot the people who live in Oakwood, unsurprisingly is in Oakwood, and uh, we've got a stall up there, and uh, we're going to be chatting to people, praying for people, and uh, being part of the community up there for the afternoon. So if you'd like to be part of that, you're very welcome. If you'd like to see me or Steve, who was the one quietly representing Oakwood a moment ago, uh, if you let us know you'd like to come, then uh, we can chat to you about that afterwards. Adam, you're very free to bring the kids in if you want to. You can, you can do that now. Thank you. And the other thing, if you've been around Jubilee for a little while and you'd like to find out a bit more about <coughs> the church and uh, what goes on and how to become part of it, we've got a couple of evenings coming up at the end of June and the beginning of July. And uh, if you'd like to find out more about what it is to be a member of Jubilee Church, that's an ideal opportunity for you. So uh, if you'd like to know more about that, if you see me afterwards, I can let you know those details and uh, <coughs> explain to you how that uh, is going to work. <clears throat> okay, when well our kids are coming back in now, which is great, good to see you all. And uh, we're going to pray for Alex and Vicky and uh, Martha in a moment. So if you three would like to come up and join me up here, that would be great, please. Why don't you welcome them as they come? You can applaud loudly. We're going to be praying for, for them and for Martha uh, in a moment. But before we do that, let me just take a couple of moments to explain what this is and what this isn't. So uh, this is not our version of a christening. You might have been to, uh, to one of those in your time. Because we believe that actually every individual 
has a responsibility to make a personal decision whether or not to follow Jesus Christ when they're old enough to understand. Now, Martha is an intelligent baby. She has intelligent parents, clearly. However, she is not yet old enough to make that decision for herself. So we're not assuming any belief on the part of her. She's not becoming a member of the church in that way, though she is obviously part of our church family. We are certainly this morning welcoming her into our church family. And primarily, this is an opportunity to thank God for the safe arrival of her and to pray for her parents. Those of us who are parents here this morning, and many of you uh, would be, you'll think, yeah, I, I need prayer in this job. I'm assuming you would say that. I would say that. I'm guessing you would too. And so the opportunity to pray for these guys and pray for them as parents and pray for them as a family is an opportunity not to be missed. So they're going to make some promises in a moment about how they will bring Martha up. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to make some promises, her church family and friends and family as well, that we're going to make together in a moment. But as I said, primarily this is an opportunity for us to give thanks and to pray. And so one of you guys is going to pray and give thanks to God now, I think. So that should be on, I think, and uh, you, can, uh, you can pray. So let, let's pray and give, and give thanks, shall we? Yeah, go for it, mate. Father God, we thank you for um, the gift that you've given to me and Vicky, the little yes, Martha. Um, we, we rejoice in the, the blessings that she brings into our life. And we pray that you help us bring her up, Father, and show her, show her the right things to do, Father. Get to know you, Father, and build that relationship as she's growing up yes, in the Lord. church. We, you, we hope that you can help the church as a family um, supporters, Father, in our, in our mission to bring her up. Mm. And we, we thank you for all the things that, that she brings into our life, Father, all those two o'clock in the morning wake-ups. <laughs> uh, Andy, not getting back to bed until about half past four, Father. Um, but she means so much to us, and we, we thank, thank you for every minute that she's brought into our lives so far, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Heavenly Father, we, we, just, uh, we just give you thanks and praise for, um, for Martha. Um, we, we thank you, God, that you're, you've made something impossible possible. Um, and uh, we just pray, Lord, for, for your strength uh, and, and your wisdom as we bring her up, Lord, to, to know and love you. And the desires of our heart are, are for Martha to know you, Lord, and, and, a, and a longing to use us all. Amen. Amen. Thank you both. Well prayed. So, if you've read any of the New Testaments, if you read the accounts of Jesus in the Gospels, you can't fail to see that children are important to him. They were then, and they are now. It's good news, kids, isn't it? You are important to Jesus. So Mark tells us in his Gospel, in Mark 10, he says this, People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them and bless them. But this, the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me 
and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them and blessed them. Okay, so Alex and Vicky, I'm going to ask you a question and uh, I would like you uh, to reply, we do. Okay, do you want to practice that? Very good. Very good. You can get a chance to practice in a moment. And uh, in fact, you can practice now. So in the moment, I'm going to ask you, you, the congregation, a question and I'd like you to reply, we do as well. Would you like to practice that now? Very good. It's okay, she's not going to cry for me. We have an agreement. Alex and Vicky, having both thanked God for the gift of Martha, do you, relying on the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, now promise to give love and care to Martha, to bring her up within the Christian community and to share your own faith with her? Excellent. Okay. Family and friends of Alex and Vicky, members of Jubilee Church, do you all, relying on the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, promise to offer to Alex and Vicky your love, your prayers and support as they bring up Martha and to join with them in sharing your faith with her as she grows up? We do. We do. Okay, Martha. We have an agreement here. <laughs> Remember, we practice this. I'm going to pray for you now. It's good. Okay, you can look at that. Martha, may the Lord bless you and keep you. <laughs> may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Father, we thank you for the blessing of this little one. We thank you, Lord, for her. We thank you for the joy that she's brought to her parents. And we pray now for your great blessing upon her life. Lord, we pray that even from today, she would know your love in her heart. Father, she would see it around her. She would see it in her parents. She would see it in the friends and community of her parents. And God, we pray that she would grow up to love you and to follow you all the days of her life. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, can we stand together? Perhaps one or two of you uh, could pray out really quickly. Uh, let's just pray uh, prayers of blessing upon them uh, as a family, and uh, that uh, Martha may come to know Christ in, in good time. Right, really quickly now, let's just one or two of you pray out. Nice and loud so we can hear. And Lord, as we look upon not only Martha, but others of our children gathered here, and Lord, think of others in the creation uh, around our church community. Father, we thank you for them. Lord, thank you for the blessing that they are. And Lord, we pray that uh, we as adults, God, would be good examples to them of people that love you and want to follow you. And Lord, I pray that our children would experience your love and your grace, your goodness, your mercy, 
and the power of your spirit in their lives. And Lord, I pray that they will be a provocation to us, uh, that together we might follow you and honour you in both this city and beyond. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Okay, do take your seats. Thank you, Alex and Vicky and Martha. Well done. Goodbye, Adam and kids. Do you find your way back out again? It's been great. We've had a number of uh, babies born to members of the church over recent uh, months and the last little while. So we've got a number of these uh, dedications over the next few weeks and months. So there'll be other opportunity that we're going to have to pray for other families and thank God for other babies as well. So uh, this will not be an unusual thing in weeks to come, but rather there are uh, many for us to give thanks to God for, which which is great and exciting. Okay, so we're going to spend some time now looking at God's Word together. Uh, I'd like to uh, welcome Matt as he comes to bring uh, that to us. So let's welcome Matt as he comes now. Thank you. Let's test it, I suppose, isn't we? Is it working? Oh, yes, I think it is. Can I add my welcome to <coughs> everyone else's welcome? It's great to see you here this morning. It's lovely to be here. Um, I um, left my phone at home. I left my watch at home, so I'm now without time. Um, but I did read earlier, um, apparently the perfect length for a talk is 18 minutes. So without the aid of any devices, I'm going to aim for an 18-minute talk. So here we go. I was um, <coughs> given the privilege of uh, uh, deciding what I wanted to talk about. I got an email from John the other week. He says, you have preacher's discretion, which for some will be probably a bit scary, but for me, I much prefer to talk about what I want to talk about rather than be told what to talk about. So I was thinking, what can I talk about? What can I talk about? What is, what is it? I want to make it a little bit about uh, Alex, Vicky and Martha, obviously, because today we're celebrating them. Um, so what is it? So uh, thinking about children, I was thinking, what is it about babies that as adults we don't have or struggle with? Um, now, babies are cute, but I thought, could I really get a whole 20-minute talk out of being cute? I think probably not. Um, but then I thought, no, I know what it is. What is it you say about a baby? You look at the baby, you go, oh, that's a really contented baby, isn't it? And I think, well, How many times have I said that about an adult? Oh, you know what? That teenager is so contented. (laughs) You know, oh, they're just lovely, aren't they? So this morning, I just want to look at contentment very quickly. I say 18 minutes, hopefully. Now, Alex and Vicky will have uh, experienced contentment firsthand. When you have a baby, it's warm, it's fed, it's in its parents' arms, it's contented. Because at that moment, it has everything it needs. It has clothes, it has food, and it has shelter. You'll see a many a contented baby. But by the time they get to two, the number of contented babies tends to drop a bit. A baby's got all, is it, all that it needs, as I said. Clothing, food, and shelter. A two-year-old has all that it needs. Clothing, food, and shelter. So what's the difference? Well, when you get to two, and probably a bit less than that, you start seeing things that you want but you can't have. 
Everywhere you turn, everywhere they turn, there are things that they'd like to get their hands on. A baby or a two-year-old doesn't have much sense of value. If it can be reached, it should be taken. If it's in sight, they think they have ownership on it. Grandma's antique china or that brand new sofa, it really doesn't matter. They don't understand that you shouldn't play with it or you can't colour it in. (laughs) This carries on through life, doesn't it? We're told not to be satisfied. Everywhere we look, there are adverts telling us what we need to be happier. Whether it's a bigger house, a faster newer car or a cream that's going to make us look younger. There are dating sites that tell us you won't be happy until you find your perfect partner. But as with so many things, the Bible's view is the complete opposite. 1 Timothy 6, verse 7 and 8 says this, For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. The Bible's view is that all we need is what a baby needs. Food, clothing and shelter. Now King David, he was a man who had everything. And in Psalm 131 he says this, My heart is not proud. Lord, my eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. The Apostle Paul, who had times of having much and had times of having very little, he wrote this in Philippians 4. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know, that what, it is, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Contentment is available to all of us, but it does take sacrifices, take self-control. David had learned to calm and quiet himself. Contentment is not something that is given, it's something that we have to relearn. Contentment comes from fully trusting in God, and in his promises, looking past our circumstances to what God says. Like gaining wisdom, it's a long road to contentment, but those who find it gain everything. Charles Spurgeon, you may know the name, uh, a great English preacher, said this about Psalm 131 that we've just read. He said, it's one of, the, one of the shortest psalms to read, but one of the longest to learn. So let's have a quick look at what we need to do to find contentment. I do like a good uh, Bible or dictionary description. And the Holman Bible Dictionary describes contentment as this. Contentment is an internal satisfaction which does not demand changes in external circumstances. Those of you who know me also know that I like a good Tim Keller quote. And I've got two for you today. The first one is this. Tim Keller said, A Christian should never have the attitude towards God, what have you done for me lately? We must love God for him, for himself alone, not just for what he gives us. Contentment is being satisfied with what we have, who we are and where we're going. 
So I'm going to quickly look at those three things. So firstly, satisfied with what we have. I'm sure you know, and you may have even said to your own children, what we need and what we want are different. Materially, we have more than most. The UK at the moment is the 15th most prosperous country in the world. And in the 2016 Quality of Life Index, which is a fantastic read, we are ranked 14th. Across the globe, one in three people lack access to a toilet. And over three billion people live on less than £1.75 a day. And at least 80% of the world's population live on less than £7 a day. In Britain today, luxuries have become necessities. Those of you old enough will remember times before coffee shops ruled the high street. And there was a time before it was the norm to spend three billion people's daily pay on a single cup of coffee. Paula Rollo is a secular blogger. She writes about parenting. She says this, Contentment does not mean I desire nothing, but rather it's the simple decision to be happy with what I have. We need to realise that how fortunate we are and how much we have, even when it feels like we don't have much at all. All of us here are in the world, top 20% in the world for what we have. Materially, we are hugely blessed to live in the UK in the 21st century. But this pales into significance if you're a Christian here today. Because spiritually, you are covered by an abundance of amazing promises. Romans 8.28 says this about you. And we know that in all things, God works for good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Matthew 11, 28 and 29 says, Come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Philippians 4:19. At this same And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Jesus Christ. Another one, Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The first step is to take these promises to your heart and to cherish them. To decide to believe them even when circumstances don't appear to match up to them. Secondly, I want to be satisfied with who I am. Often we are harsh, we are, we are harsh, uh, I'll start it again. Often we are harsher on ourselves than we are on others. We are quicker to forgive others than to forgive ourselves. We overlook others' shortfallings, but in the quiet we beat ourselves up about our own. But what we need to do is to to discover and understand who we are in Christ. So I've pulled this list off the internet. Lynn Lee from Christian Life Coaching has put this list together, entitled Who I Am in Christ. So here we go. I am loved, 1 John 3.3. I am accepted, Ephesians 1.6. I am a child of God, Ephesians 1.12. I am Jesus' friend, John 15.14. I am joint heir with Jesus, sharing his inheritance with him. 
Romans 8.17, I am united with God and one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6.17, I am a temple of God, his spirit and his life lives in me. 1 Corinthians 6.19, I am a member of Christ's body. 1 Corinthians 12.27, I am a saint. Ephesians 1.1, 1, 1. I am redeemed and forgiven. Colossians 1.14, I am complete in Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.10 I am free from condemnation. Romans 8.1 I am a new creation because I am in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 I am chosen of God, holy and dearly loved. Colossians 3.12 I am established, anointed and sealed by God. 2 Corinthians 1.21 I do not have a spirit of fear, but of love, power and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7, I am God's co-worker. 2 Corinthians 6.1, I am seated in heavenly places with Christ. Ephesians 2.6, I have direct access to God. Ephesians 2.18, I am chosen to bear fruit. John 15.16, I am one of God's living stones being built up in Christ as a spiritual house. 1 Peter 2.5, I have been given exceedingly great and precious promises by God by which I share his nature. 2 Peter 1.4 I can always know the presence of God because he never leaves me. Hebrews 13.5 God works in me to help me do things he wants me to do. Philippians 2.13 And finally, I can ask God for wisdom and he will give me what I need. James 1.5 So step two is letting these penetrate our hearts, meditating on them and acknowledging them as true. Then we will begin to see ourselves as God sees us. So thirdly and finally, where are we going? Contented people are secure in their future. But the world has become more and more uncertain. My dad joined the civil service at 16 and had a job for life. Well, until he was 58 and he retired. Those jobs don't seem to exist anymore. Nothing is certain. Retirement is getting further and further away. I guess I'll need to work till I'm 70, which is sad. I don't want to work till I'm 70. I want to retire like my dad did at 58. It's getting further and further away. Home ownership now is just a dream for a lot of young people. Whereas before, it wasn't. It was, it was tangible. We could do it. But as a Christian, we know what our future is. We have a certainty in our future. Again, turn back to the Bible. What does the Bible say about our future? The Bible says this about our future in Philippians 3, 20 and 21. It says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Revelation 21, 3 and 4 says this, And I have heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them forever. 
They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Just the last one from the Bible. John 14 verses 1 to 3. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. As a Christian, our future is secure. Our future is eternity with him. Now I did say I had two Tim Keller quotes. This is my second. Tim Keller said this. If grace has really changed our hearts, we don't ultimately care if life goes the way we want it, as long as we have him. The joys of acclaim, wealth and power are nothing compared to the eternal acclaim, wealth and power we have in him. A weaned child is not just someone who knows this in principle, but who has worked gospel truths into his or her soul as spiritually sensed realities. Internally, this quiets the soul into profound contentment and poise. Externally, it means humility, a willingness to learn from others, and also to trust God. The believer realises that the reason God's actions are often opaque is not because we are wise and he is foolish, but because he is too great and wonderful for us. Contentment comes from meditating on, believing in, and living out God's word. It is a choice that we have to make on a daily basis, whether times are good or whether times are bad. Learn to be satisfied with what you have, whether it be much or whether it be little. Take to heart what God says and who God says you are. And remember that the best things are yet to come. Do these and you'll be on the road to contentment. It's not one step, it's a road. Contentment is not overnight, it takes time. Paul said he had to learn the secret of contentment. I shall leave you with that. Thanks, Matt. Let's stand together, shall we? pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for all that we've heard this morning. And I'll thank you this is not an unreachable dream, but Lord, this is something that is found, Lord Jesus, in you. And thank you that we can find contentment in you, and it's not some way off thing that we have to somehow work towards and... uh, is unreachable for us but just by accepting you by receiving your grace as we heard about earlier 
and putting into practice what we've just heard from Matt. Lord, thank you that is something that can change hearts even today. And so, Lord, I want to pray for each of us right now. Father, whether we would describe ourselves as followers of you or not, I pray that you would do something in our hearts that changes us to be more like you. I pray that you do something in our hearts that teaches us to be content, not just with what we have, but content in a relationship that is found only in you. And Lord, we thank you, as we said earlier, that you've made it all possible in Christ Jesus. Lord, for the list of things that Matt read out of who we are in you, thank you that that's possible because of who you are and all that you've done. So, Lord, we thank you again for your presence with us and pray that you continue with us in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to finish our time together by singing once again, worshipping Jesus and declaring our love for him. And uh, then we'll close in. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.